what's up? It's your boy Stevie G coming at you with another episode of the Seamless Garage Podcast. This one's going to be a really good one. Um, this one is for technicians and mechanics that are already out there or just uh, somebody who does know how to work on cars. Um, you need to know how to work on cars in order to apply this information that I'm giving you. But um, let's get into it. So have you ever ran into an issue where this is for guys that are already in the shop pretty much. If you, have you ever ran into an issue where you get a ticket and it says no start tow in if you do there needs to be a process you can do and what I want to tell you is that you can diagnose this car out there without towing it in putting it in your stall and then it's stuck there until you decide to push it out and tow it out okay you can actually diagnose this thing out on the lot without having to move the vehicle and then you ain't got to worry about all that. You can just move on throughout your day. You can go on to doing other diagnosis, other di- diagnostics. You can go on to um, repairing cars. You know what I mean? You can move on with your day. So basically this podcast is going to be called How to Diagnose a No-Start that is in the bullpen or on the lot, however you want to say it. You know, at my dealership, we call it the bullpen. And what the bullpen is, is where all the car, customer cars are that haven't been looked at yet or haven't been repaired. It's where we put all the customer's cars that are being waited, waiting on to look at and stuff. And that's where tow-ins come. When a, when a customer can't get a car running or whatever, they get it towed in. They get put back there. So I'm going to start with, uh, you know, the things you need, and then I'll go through the process. But... It's very important to be able to diagnose outside of the shop, okay? Um, But this goes for you guys who maybe aren't mechanics right now, but you like to work on cars, and a friend calls you up and goes, look, man, I don't don't know what's wrong with my car, but it won't start. And they don't give you any other info. They just say it won't start. Um, These are some things you can carry with you. Of course, you can carry all your tools, but these are, are some things you can carry with you to get the diagnosis rolling. That way they can go ahead and get the part order. Then you can go get your tools and stuff if you need to help them repair it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but a lot of times your friends just need some direction on what's wrong with their car. So it's very important. What it's going to do is it's going to improve efficiency and also keep your stalls empty of the dead car. So we've already went over that. So the things you're going to need, okay? This is exactly everything that I carry out there with me except for the two optional things and I'll explain that. But these are the things that I carry with me. And some of them are going to probably surprise you, but that's okay. This is supposed to be a quick little thing you can do um, to try out to see. Now, look, this isn't bulletproof. You may find out that it's like, okay, I have to tow this in because it's a major electrical issue. If that's the case, then you're going to have to pull it into the pull it into the shop. That's fine. But this, like this, nine times out of ten, I can get a diagnosis out of this, and I don't even have to pull it in. Go ahead and order my parts, and then boom. Okay, then I pull it in, put the parts on, get it running, that type of deal. But if it's something heavy electrical, then of course you're going to have to pull it in. So here's the things you're going to need. Here's the things you're going to need to carry out there with you. First off, you're going to need a jump box. Okay, what a jump box is, is something you can hook hook up to the battery that gives it voltage. Because a big a big 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 portion of towed in cars that no starts on a lot end up being dead batteries okay a huge portion more than more than their fair share like there really shouldn't be that many coming in that are no start like that it should be an obvious okay i don't have juice 
to my ignition switch, we need to get this fixed, right? Um, we need to replace the battery. But no, they tow it in, and we replaced the battery for them at a, with a more expensive diagnostic fee because they wanted us to diagnose it. So anyway, bring a jump box because you may need juice. That may be the issue. Um, bring a fuel line disconnect tool with you. If you don't know what that is, look it up and um, make sure you have that going on. I'll, I'll put a picture of one up right here in the podcast on the YouTube channel. There will be one. If you're listening, sorry, you won't know. Just Google it and you can find out. Um, that's going to disconnect the fuel line from the fuel rail. Uh, it's different on all makes and models. They have a different location for them, but usually it's right there by the fuel rail. You'll use that disconnect tool. Take it off. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, this is just an inventory of tools you're going to need. Um, the next thing you need is going to be an empty and dry water bottle or any kind of little canister like that. But a dry uh, water bottle is easy to get, right? Like you're drinking water all day at work anyway. So you can get a water bottle. Empty it out. Blow it out with your blow gun. I want it to be dry for because uh, you're going to use that bottle for two different reasons, okay? So I need it to be dry so that I, for one of the reasons, and I'll explain in a minute. You need a cordless uh, quarter-inch drive. It can be 3 eighths, but just something that you can put a socket on um, when you get out there because you may have to take the engine cover off to get to the fuel line, okay? Because we're going to need to disconnect that fuel line, possibly. So you need to be able to take that cover off. Um, a lot of them that I work on are 10 millimeters. Sometimes it's a... Uh, a five millimeter um, on the older Nissans as a five millimeter uh, Allen key which I used to socket for too um, different makes and models will probably be different sizes but 10 millimeters most common so that's why I got you coming out with an impact and a 10 millimeter socket if you know your make and model you know your brand and they're a little bit different carry those sockets with you maybe even carry a 12 with you just in case but the engine cover may be in the way, so we just need to get that out of the way. It's the only reason you're bringing the impact with you. Um, now, the two optional things. One of them being a scan tool. If you're, if you're a guy who um, definitely wants to scan the car first because it has a check engine light, because something I'm going to tell you to do may cause a check engine light, but it can get the car running, okay? So um, if you want to scan it first, print that off before you add a code to the system. Be my guest. I don't do it unless it's warranty. Then I might go out there and scan it first, but that takes a little bit extra time. That's kind of that's kind of against this idea that I'm trying to give you on on a quick diagnosis out on a lot. So it's optional. You can carry the scan tool with you. Um, also optional is a power probe. Now look, you've only got so many hands. You've only got so many hands, so you can't carry all of this stuff with you. I, I manage to carry everything. I don't carry a power probe or a scan tool with me, okay? Everything else I can carry with me with, with my two hands, okay? Those other two are optional. If I need the power probe, though, I'll just run back in real quick and grab it because a power probe is going to help you if we need to go further, okay? Because you get to a point at the end where you're like, okay, do I just pull it in and diagnose it or do I finish diagnosing it out here? That's up to you, but we'll get to that point. So let's go through the process. You get all those things, you know, you get your jump box, your disconnect tool, your water bottle, all that good stuff. We walk out to the car. Make sure you got the keys, obviously. Walk out to the car. First thing I do is open up the door, hop in, see what's going on, okay? I hit the button. Hit the button. So there's a couple scenarios here. If uh, you hit the button, nothing happens, and it looks completely dead, then you know what's up, okay? Hook the jump box up. 
and try it from there. If you hook the jump box up, start it up, and it runs, great. We know what the deal is. If you hook the jump box up and you go to start it and it still doesn't run, then we'll go into that. But the reason I want to bring that up is because customers usually, most of the time, when it's a no start, the battery's dead because they've been trying to start it over and over and over and over and they can't figure it out. So the battery's usually dead nine times out of ten. So that's why that jump box comes with you anyway. So if it's a battery, cool, replace the battery. We put, let's say that it didn't do it. We put the uh, jump box on. Now we can try to start it and it doesn't start. Okay, where do we go? Well, there's a couple things. If it doesn't turn over at all, then we need to figure out that. We need to figure out why. If it doesn't turn over at all, we may need to stop there. Okay, it could be a starter. It could be a couple other things. You'll use a power probe to figure that out. You need to find out whether your starter is getting power or not and go from there. Okay, I'm not going to go too deep into diagnosis. I'm just going to show you how to do it. So, um, if it will not turn over, you need to check into that. Also, if it will not turn over, look for the little, um, the little immobilizer thing. It's different on every model. On Nissan's, it's a little red car with a key in the middle of it, okay? If that is solid, then, then um, you have an immobilizer issue. What does that mean? That means that the car doesn't like that key that you have. Or it's not communicating with that key and basically it's in lock mode so it's not going to start it's not going to start at all um, and on the newer model the newer models it won't turn over at all back in the day it would turn over it just wouldn't start it wouldn't give you fuel or ignition so but nowadays it won't turn over at all it's not going to do anything so if you see that light then we got an immobilizer issue and so you'll need to dig that further and you may end up having to do that one inside, but I usually don't give up easy. I usually will diagnose that thing outside because I do not want to tow it in and have to tow it out. I just don't want it taking up with my bays. It's unproductive. So, all right, let's go on to if it does turn over, okay? If the car does turn over, but it will not start. Turn over means you hear it cranking, but it's not starting up, okay? That's what turning over means. Some people get that confused. Turning over means it will crank, but it will not start. You just hear it go. Choo -choo 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 -choo. I'll do that again if you want me to repeat that noise. But it will not start. It just turn over. Okay. You got a few things at you here. So so let's go through this process. First thing I'm going to do. First thing is I'm going to walk out there without the scan tool. I'm going to walk out there and I'm going to unplug the mass airflow sensor. Okay. If you don't know where that's located, it's located near the airbox if it has one. Some cars run off of speed density, so that's a whole other story, but most Nissans and most cars these days, because it's, it's kind of more efficient, is a mass airflow sensor, okay? I unplug that. Why? Because a lot of times, a bug or something will get in that mass airflow sensor, and what it does is it tells the car, it tells the ECM, the engine control module, that there's no air flowing, so it doesn't give it any fuel, and it won't start. You unplug that, it quits reading that, and it just goes into a default state. So if I unplug that, go start it up, and it runs, that's our issue. It needs a mass airflow sensor. That's easy enough. Bang. Go order a mass airflow sensor and go on about your day. If you do that and it doesn't start, okay, that's fine. Now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of things. We're going to go around the front of the engine. We're going to use our impact if we need to to take off the engine cover. If the engine cover is already off or there isn't one, or you can access the fuel line without it, great. Don't need it, set that aside. We're gonna take, we're gonna get this fuel line. We're gonna use our disconnect tool. We're gonna disconnect the fuel line. Here's where that water bottle comes in the hand, handy. 
We want a dry water bottle, okay? There's two reasons why we want a dry water bottle. <clears throat> Number one, we're going to put that dry water bottle on the fuel line to catch the fuel if there happens to be fuel coming out of the line when we test it, okay? We don't want fuel just running out on the floor in the parking lot. It's against, it's against EPA, EPA stuff if we do care about that. But just regardless, we don't want fuel spilling everywhere, okay? So we put the bottle over the line. We go into, we try to start the car for a second. Try to start it for a second. It's not going to run, but we're just trying to get the fuel pump flowing, okay? We're going to turn it off. We're going to go check. If there's fuel in the bottle, then we know the fuel pump's pumping. Now, this, now, if there is fuel in the bottle, this is why we need a dry bottle. Because we could have fuel contamination. We could have bad fuel. We could have water in the fuel. They may have just filled that thing up with bad fuel because fuel, sta fuel stations sometimes get bad gas. It just happens, okay? So then what we'll do is we'll keep that as a sample. We'll keep that as a sample. We'll put the lid back on it. We'll set it at our, we'll go, go on about our day, set it at our workstation. We're going to keep that as a sample. We're going to let it separate. And if it separates over, over a couple hours and you see a lot of water or something in it, then we know it's contaminated. Or you, sometimes you can tell right away that it looks weird. Wrong color, this and that. Sometimes it's diesel. That's happened a lot. People put diesel in their car because they think it'll run okay. I've seen that, a little tangent here, I've seen that with the, uh, with the gas shortage recently. We had several customers put diesel in their car because they thought that it would just make it sound louder. It, they thought it would make it sound like a diesel truck and that it would be fine, it would run fine. The thing would not even start after they filled it up with diesel. So imagine that. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, we're gonna leave that as, an, uh, as a sample. Now let's move on. If, that's the, if you leave that sit, let that sit for a while and it separates, then we know it's fuel contamination and you need to sell what you need to sell. You need to drain the tank, you need to flush the system, all that good stuff. Replace the plugs, all that good stuff. <clears throat> but that's for, that's for another podcast. This is just to help you get the diagnosis rolling, right? Let's say you do that and it doesn't fill up. Well, then we've answered our question here, right? We have a fuel pump issue. We have an issue where there's not fuel being pumped to the um, to the rail, which means the car's never going to start because it's not getting fuel. So um, if there's no fuel in the bottle, then you know that it's not pumping. So you got to find out why it's not pumping. We're not going to dig into that, but that's where the power probe comes in the hand, okay? That's where the power probe comes in handy. You can start checking your powers and grounds at your fuses for your fuel pump. You can start checking at your fuel pump. Okay. If we get to the fuel pump and it has power and ground but it's not pumping, then we know what the deal is. We need to replace that thing. We need to replace the fuel pump itself. Uh, you might find that it's a blown fuse. If it's a blown fuse, then replace that and go. Um, if the fuse is blown, let me, let me just, this is another tangent, but this is very important for a diagnostic tech. If a fuse is blown, don't simply just replace it and ship it. If a fuse is blown, if you ever get a vehicle, this is for everybody in life working that just finds out they have a blown fuse on their car. If a fuse is blown, there's a reason it's blown. That is a circuit protector. If the fuse is blown, something in the circuit is causing it to blow and it's going to open again. It's going to blow and the fuse is going to open again. Okay. Nine times out of ten, if you have a blown fuse at the fuel pump, it's the fuel pump. Check the harness. Make sure there's no high resistance in it. If Usually there isn't. It's usually the fuel pump motor, okay? And drawing too much amperage because the bearings are going out in it. It just happens, okay? It's too much resistance. 
it pulls more amperage than it should, boom, pops the fuse. So that's a little tangent there, but always diagnose a blown fuse. Don't just put one in it and ship it. Oh, it's got a blown fuse. I don't know why that's nomenclature, why that's like common. Why is that so common to do that? I don't know. You're just trying to get down the road, I guess, but there's a reason why it blew, okay? So tangent side anyway, so that's the process. That's what you go down, and I'll tell you right now, I keep using this term, but nine times out of ten, this right here gets me to where I need to be, and it's back on the road. You know what I'm saying? I already know what's wrong with it. The other one time out of ten, it's an electrical issue, and I can still figure that out with my power probe, okay? I can still figure out what's going on, whether it be a control module down, usually it's going to be an ECM or TCM issue, whether they're not communicating, not allowing the car to start, or we got a rat chew, okay, where... Um, customer's car sits in an area where there's rats or squirrels or whatever and they chew it up or like we have a legit engine issue you know what I mean where they ran it out of oil or maybe they didn't run it out of oil and the engine's just wore out doesn't have compression through a rod what have you but you'll be able to figure out all that by starting it as well you'll be able to hear whether it's got a rod thrown okay or low compression you can hear that as well but this is just to get you going out there on the lot you may decide, okay, look, I went through all this. I've exhausted all of my resources here. I got to get it pulled in and really get it where I'm right next to the service manual and get this thing diagnosed. In that case, pull it in. I really hope this helps you. I really hope that um, this will improve your diagnostic capabilities out there in the lot. That way you don't have to pull a thing in and have a dead bay. If it does, Comment below and tell me if you're going to use it or not. And tell me if you already do this. Also, other technicians and mechanics, please comment below if you're on YouTube. Send me a message if you're on the podcast. Let me know what you do differently and what else what else that uh, I need to bring up and I may, may need to mention. Shoot, I may just use that information for myself as well to improve myself. Uh, there's a lot of you guys out there that are listening that are already mechanics and technicians that might have cool ideas on ways to diagnose things out on the lot. But I hope this helps you, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. This has been your boy Stevie G. I'm out. Later. Hey, thanks for listening to the Seamless Garage Podcast. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you liked it, make sure you go to follow us on Spotify, Anchor, whatever platform that you are listening to. That way you can always get an update when we post a new podcast. Um, also, I wanted to let you know we do have a YouTube channel. The Seamless Garage. Um, that's our YouTube channel. On Instagram, there is The Seamless Garage as well. And uh, obviously, this is The Seamless Garage podcast. Um, also, our individual social media platforms, uh, Derek Blackwell on Facebook. He refuses to do an Instagram or Twitter, so you can't catch him on there. But you can catch me on Facebook, Stevie Gilliland. And also, our Facebook page, The Seamless Garage. And we also have a group that you need to join. Um, that way you'll get updates and you can kind of talk with the community. Everybody can talk amongst themselves uh, about the latest content. Uh, same thing on Instagram and Twitter. It's the Real Stevie. Um, and like I said, we have an Instagram for the Seamless Garage. So go check those out. And uh, thanks for thanks for listening in. And we'll see you on the next one.